Hello and welcome to Be a B2B Leader. I'm your host Felician and today with me is Patrick Jamal, the President of Global Operations at Maxima Consulting, an IT consulting company where they help global enterprises find the best tech talent. In this episode, we'll cover the topic of global operations. Many companies want to expand in the search of talent, but more often than not, they fail when it comes to proving ROI. So Patrick will tell us why operating globally is worth it and how you can set yourself up for success. So, let's go. Hi, Patrick, and welcome to the show. Hey, Felician. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. We've known each other for quite a long time. But <laughs> That's right, me. yeah. I think two years now, right? Yep, it's been two years. So, yeah, the topic of global operations is interesting for many companies today, right? Yeah. With remote work, expanding to different countries, right? everybody's looking into that. So please tell me in the audience, what should every B2B leader know about operating globally? Yeah, good, good question. And I think that's a, a pretty broad, broad question. So um, we could go, we can go into many directions in, into answering that. But the, um, I think, I think, and it's got, honestly, it's kind of generic advice, but I suppose it is the advice, right? Um, you, you need to know why you want to go global in the first place, right? Is it for your internal operations or are your company like ours where we, you know, service our companies, you know, external our external clients rather um, from, from these locations, right? And we also do some in-sourced, um, you know, work globally as well. Uh, but I think, I think you need to understand what problem you're trying to solve. Is it simply to cut cost? Is it to find a talent or a skill set that is hard to find in your, your home country? Um, is it in partnership with 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 a with a um, with a customer? You know, there's there's many different reasons why. So I think the first thing you need to do is really just understand like why you're going there, and not just hop on the, some bandwagon of saying, "Yeah, we we can do it too," um, without really understanding the um, you know what what that really means. Um, and then I think the next piece is, um, you know, when you're going to a place, you really need to understand at a much deeper level of of what that place. Uh, can can offer you and what you can offer that place, right? I think the times are over where you know Western companies from Western countries can sit in the glass castle and sort of bark orders at different places uh, and expect expect people to respond positively to that. I think those days are are done, and people who still have this belief are 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 not going to have a very long career going forward in this modern uh, work world. And you know, keeping that in mind, understanding that these you know say uh, developing countries or countries that have uh, are, are are developed now, but you know have have maybe more recently gone through some developmental changes or just like huge expansion um, within you know within within their you know foreign investment or whatever. Um, you know they can stand on their own two legs, and you need to respect that, um, and and that can create a really nice you know working relationship between all the different departments and offices. Yeah, that's the thing that now everyone can go abroad. Like that's not the problem. Right. But identifying why you want to go there is something that yeah, people take into account a bit later, <laughs> like especially those smaller companies. Exactly. Right. I mean, so it, like I think like most things in this world, right? Like the barrier to entry is very low now. Um, everything is just so um, so simple to get started, but then you kind of jump into it thinking, oh. You know, I just need to fill out this form, and I have a company in Poland, for example, which yeah. is not the case. It's it's a lot more than that. But you know, just for argument's sake, right? But 
then you kind of go in a little bit deeper and a little bit further. And then you say, ah, but this is maybe what the working conditions are. This is what the, the, the business standards are. And then you kind of see, ah, there's actually so much more than meets the eye um, to be a relevant player on the market, to have people, you know, want to work with you, recommend you, um, and, and, and to be able to, um, you know, compete, you know, domestically as well as globally. Right. So as an example, um, so yeah, there, there really is a lot of, um, a lot of learning and that needs to be, uh, at the front of mind, I think, when people are going abroad. Yeah. And what would you say, what's the best reason to expand to different countries? Like, is there one thing that companies should focus on or is it more about taking the, yeah, looking at the broad picture? Yeah, I think, I don't think there's one answer. I think it depends on where you sit. Um, so in our case, you know, we, we went abroad first into India out of the U.S., um, and that was born out of necessity just by what our, our competitors were doing and where the market trends were going and what we as a company simply had to do to survive. And that was a very, very smart and strategic move that we made as it put us into a never, another tier of, of IT solutions and and um, what we can offer our clients and also how how our current as well as prospective employees see us. Um, you know, as a company with that global reach, so that enabled us to go and get you know more talent. Um, you know, from, from, from more places, you know, further along. And quite honestly, the big driver for that initially was um, firstly cost, right? But secondly, um, market trends, right? And, and that really fit our company profile. Um, but, you know, another company, they, they may not have um, so much of a need to maybe lower their cost. Maybe they have a need to really just find a skill set that doesn't exist, right? Um, and so they, they can look at different different parts of the world and say, okay, this one actually seems to be really strong and say call centers, right? And I have a need for call centers. So I'll simply go here because this just this makes more sense for what my needs are, right? So I think cost will ultimately um, play 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 a part of it. But as we've seen, particularly in the past you know 18, 24 months since the, since COVID and you know this enormous eruption of working from home, um, the price benefit is certainly not what it was a while ago. I think a lot of people uh, from a lot of countries are now saying, look, like, like, like the question has changed, right? It's not like, like it, it comes down to now, like, do you have a skill and what are you willing to pay for that skill? Right. Um, and, and of course there will always be somewhat of a, um, maybe a cost differential here, but I, I just think that that gap is, you know, getting smaller and smaller as, as time goes on. Um, and so it's really becoming now, um, yeah, just, just finding the, the right, right talent for the job. Um, uh, but again, it really comes down to the business and the use case, but my advice is, you know, know what that, that use case is. Don't just say, I'm going to go somewhere and figure it out. You should, you should have some, and also I'm not suggesting you will have every answer, but you should have an idea at the very least of, of yeah. what it takes to, to, you know, to be relevant there. It's impossible to have all the answers when expanding, like every country is different and you can't know what will happen in the next half year. Like you have to take into account the different law, the different work culture, that yeah, people may not speak your language. Like there are many, many moving things in between. No, absolutely. And um, no, that, that, that's right. And I think another thing that's quite important is when you're going somewhere, right? Even um, no matter where it is, even if people are speaking English, you know, we're, we're always the visitor, right? We're always the guest mm -hmm. and we need to respect the customs and the cultures and um, be aware of them. 
And, you know, it's also, I think it goes both ways as well, as much as, you know, speaking for myself personally, when I go somewhere, I really want to understand, you know, what makes people tick, how are the holidays, you know, what's the family dynamic like, you know, whatever, whatever the, what do you eat, right? All of these kind of things are, are personally really important to me, but equally so I like to share mine as well. Um, or share, you know, maybe not mine uh, per se, but what I've maybe picked up from another part of the world that I've, you know, lived in or done business in and, and sort of just do some knowledge sharing to either find some common ground or also just do a little bit of a compare and contrast of, of how different people see things, um, which I think is another really important point that I did want to bring up on this um, on this discussion um, is, is what does that mean, right? And I've been thinking about it for a little bit before doing this call and I'm not sure if I'll be able to articulate it correctly, but I just think like in business, we have problems, but that's a good thing because without problems, you don't have a job or a company. But I think what I've learned over the years has been like everybody can see the problem really differently and they, they see the solution to the problem like really, really differently. And the biggest challenge is when you start bringing in more and more people from different parts of the world with different histories and different cultures and different backgrounds, it, it, it can really become a challenge at times to see here's the problem and then maybe from your let's say in, you know american mindset you say this is how i'd solve the problem and then you take it to say europe or to asia or somewhere and they really come at it from a completely different standpoint which is good right it's good to have the diversity and it's good to have um a different viewpoint so that, that's actually awesome it's another nice problem to have but where it can get really messy is when it becomes a bit of a, a holy war or a civil war where it's like you know <laughs> how do you not see it this way and yeah. this is where where things can get really really messy at times, and because um, every side wants to pull into their own direction, like <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then it, I mean, it can get really heated at times where you know you're almost not even solving the problem anymore, but just trying to prove you're right. And that's a situation <laughs> that you you know it takes you know good good negotiation and leadership skills to go and kind of like cool people down and um, navigate that right. But it it does happen from time to time. Um, you know, ultimately, I think it shows that everybody in when, when those moments come up, um, I think it shows that, you know, everybody does have like the best interest at solving the problem. And hopefully, you know, you can kind of meet somewhere in the middle um, and, and find a solution that works for everybody. Although quite frankly, sometimes there's just a good solution, a bad solution, or the bad solution is the quickest one and time is what you have to focus on, right? So, yeah. I mean, and that's just what it is. Um, um, but I think the biggest thing too is people need to know or, or accept that, there is a different way of doing things. If it works, that's great. We all learned something equally. So if we try something that wasn't your idea and it fails, okay, you might've been right, but now we know for sure that they didn't work, right? So <laughs> not every decision you make is gonna be the right one, um, but the trick is to just have more wins than losses, right? Um, but you know, as you as you do it for um, you know longer and longer and longer, get more experience, you can you can kind of see it coming a bit further and further away and, and navigate that better. Yeah, um, like but still, everything it, it comes is, with time. It does. I mean, that's experience, right? But and, and learning from the mistakes. But still, I think I think that's been the biggest surprise or um, thing that comes to mind when I think about like all the different teams and geographies that we're supporting now. Um, is yeah, it, it, it's really impressive, actually. Almost how <laughs> everybody really comes at it from a different angle, um, and rightfully so. Actually, if you listen to what people are are saying, they all make complete sense. And then it kind of comes down to trying to figure out, you know how to how, how, how to make yeah. that work yeah, but with maxima consulting you've expanded to asia from the us then you came to europe and now it's what nine countries or 10 countries in total something like that 
right? Yeah, we're yeah we're we're all over. I mean, we've we've have we have some projects in Australia, we have some projects in China, we have some projects in Kuwait, we have some projects in um, yeah Germany, Portugal, UK, Ireland, US, Canada, Poland, of course, Romania, Croatia. Um, yeah, and and, so, and in India, we're in two, present in two two cities in Pune and uh, Bengaluru most recently. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're all yeah. over, and it's really keeping us busy. Let, let's say there is a small business owner, yeah, small medium business owner. Let's say they have one hundred uh, people in, and they want to expand their IT operations because they can't find the talent in the US, or it's very expensive. Like, where should they go? Because everybody knows that Asia is one of the global IT hubs, but at the same time, it's East Europe, even though there is a war going on, and. How can those companies, those entrepreneurs, pick the best location for themselves? I cannot answer that on behalf of anybody. But what I can say is um, people need to see what their business is and what their, what their business, the problem that they're trying to solve. And I think the best advice is, you know, speak with different companies that are, you know, maybe offering these services um, pick their brains, see which one you feel most comfortable with, see which one makes sense to you and your business and your business model from, say, a cost perspective. Of course, you have to factor in time zones. So with Europe, right, um, it's typically six hours from 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 Europe to the east coast of the U.S. Is that something that, that you can live with as far as, the, you know, the, the, the time overlap? Um, India is a bit different, right? It's, I think, nine and a half hours. Um, but there's uh, more willingness to work, you know, the U.S. hours, for example, right? And then it's about a three and a half hour overlap from Europe. So it depends on where you are and what you're really trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. So I can't just say that, you know, oh, point blank, the answer is always going to be India or the answer is always yeah. going to be Poland. It's that's not a fair, a fair thing to say. Um, and and I would also advise um, start with one, understand it, understand what works, what doesn't work, um, where the problems are. Every place has its problems. Where, where the benefits are, every place has its benefits. And um, if you can live with the issues, if you can't solve them, if you can live with them, then I say, you know, it probably makes sense to just continue down that road. But if it's really too many deal breakers for you, then yeah, look elsewhere look for alternatives. And, um, you know, we're in the people business as well. So as much as we want to try to think about the IT and the technology and just like focus on some tech stack or something, it really does come down to the people. And, you you know, anyone who's listening to this, I'm sure, has been in interviews or can even think about their personal friends or family, right? Everyone's different. Um, so maybe there's some, say, common truths around around different cultures, societies, but it, it still just comes down to, to the person. So um, on that note, I think it's really worthwhile to speak with, you know, say, different agencies or different firms or different contractors or whatever the case is and sort of get a feel for um for what that looks like because one person cannot uh do a presentation uh properly i don't think yeah that's true like every person is a bit different and yeah the fact that from europe to the us it's yeah a smaller difference in time zones doesn't mean that the people here will be a better fit for your company like also that's the thing that your company has its own culture Mm-hmm. And you have to look for people who will be a good fit. Because otherwise you can get someone from whatever country. But if that person is toxic and is just difficult to work with, they won't add any value to you anyway. Correct. I mean, and, and that's not even like a global expansion uh, yeah. rule of thumb. I mean, that's just like how it goes anywhere, right? Like <laughs> we have an expression, um, you know, at least an English one or American one, uh, you know, one, one, one bad apple can ruin the whole batch, right? So um, that's that's how it is. And 
Um, it would be a real shame if you go and invest all this time and effort and money into yeah. some global overseas expansion, hire a bad apple and they screw up everything you have, yeah. you know, where, where you're coming from, right? So you really want to make sure yeah. that the first people on the ground are people that you can trust and um, understand you and you understand them. And I, I think looking back and just, just, you know, thinking about the past seven years that um, I've been doing this out of Poland, for example, um, the best thing, the best advice I can give um, around that is setting the expectation. I think, I think in the U.S. at least, um, we have a really big tendency of crossing that bridge when we get there, and that has worked out really well um, in a lot of in a lot of cases, right? And that's that's more or less our mantra, and more or less, I think how how most people kind of see see problems or or how to mitigate problems or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've noticed in Europe, there's a really big uh, emphasis on like, okay, like. These are all the possible things that, that we should be aware of, right? Which is which is good. Yeah. And they'll put a lot more effort up front to go and mitigate those things or try to soften the blow or, or work around them or avoid it or whatever, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but then you kind of have this like, you know, the expectations are just different, right? Like both people are trying to solve the problem or, or complete the task or, you know, find the winning mm-hmm. solution here. But when you're coming at it from two totally different viewpoints, which is let me do all this upfront work in hope, in preparation and in hope that I don't need to worry about it later versus <laughs> whatever the problem is, we'll find a solution on the spot and move on. Yeah. Really different ideologies. And um, I think that's really important for people to be aware of. Yeah. So a minute ago, you mentioned getting the... Yeah, the right people in at the beginning is is crucial, basically. So how do you make sure you hire the right people when you go to a new country where you don't know who, yeah, the culture? Good question. So it, it, the best thing is to like not Google it and find <laughs> someone if you can. Um, that would be my advice is to like not, not do that. So if you can somehow, some way, um, even if you've never set foot in the country or maybe haven't even heard of the country before, whatever the case mm-hmm. is, if you can somehow, some way, find find a connection into it, right? Through a friend, through a relative, through someone you worked with five years ago who may have, you know, you mentioned something in the coffee room, whatever it is, if you can somehow, some way, find a connection, I think that's the best way to, to kind of get into a place. And um, I'll give you a very quick story about how, how we got started here in Poland. Um, so back around 2012, 2013, Maxima in the US, um, you know, this, this is like what, two years after we went to India or so, um, we were experiencing like like a huge amount of growth and we needed to improve our internal um, time tracking system actually, right? It was still a very clunky and manual process and things were not being done the right way. Um, so I was actually tasked with that, tasked with um, of coming up with a solution around it. So we looked at the different options out there and we actually didn't need anything too complex and we ended up on um, something I did find on Google, Called called E Hour, and um, so we actually did some custom development and partnered up with E Hour, and um, that actually went from being an open source project to a SaaS tool. And the SaaS project that you see now, the product that you see now, was actually like the core of it was was developer Maxima. So I'm kind of kind of proud of that, and to this day, um, it's still it's still running, and, and we're still using it. Putting that aside, um, this product um, and the guy that wrote it, he's from Amsterdam. And we built a really good, you know, relationship, just, you know, giving feedback, features, this kind of thing. And so when Poland came up as an opportunity, I just reached out to him. Hey, do you know anything about Poland? This is what I think I'm trying to do. And he said, no, I don't, but I'll keep my ears out uh, for you. That Friday, he said, hey, I was actually in a meeting. I was trying to change my accountants and someone was talking about Poland. And so I said, aha, Patrick needs this. So he swapped the details for me and got me in touch. I spoke to this guy. He said, 
hey, look, I understand you. Um, you know, you should definitely go to Poland, but I cannot help you. But I think I know the guy who can. So he introduced me to another guy. And so I, in those days, we were using Skype still. So I called him on Skype, I think, and explained my story. And uh, he listened, he helped, and um, we met him coming over here. And, um, you know, that was really like the first big thing, right? So having someone that, you know, we didn't know each other, but there was some some connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he was really, from, he's a nice guy. That's all I can say. A nice guy, a smart guy. And he, um, you know, he told us, this is where my office is. I know the owner. There's actually an office space coming, you know, available. I can talk to them for you guys. And then we had some issues with our accountant, for example, in the early days and our lawyers. He said, this is who I work with. So having someone like that, which is lucky, but also you have to put your feelers out there. Um, that's crucial. And I, and I think the same thing goes for India. It, it, it comes down to just who you know. And so these kind of things happen. If you're not in that position, right, and you don't know uh, people or how to get in touch with people, then I think the best thing is, yeah, just <laughs> going to Google, going to LinkedIn, going to yeah. some network that you have and, and hopefully finding somebody who who you think is 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 most qualified for it, yeah. for what you're trying to achieve um, and speak to as many people as possible. That's yeah. another thing, like, too. That's the thing that today we are connected with everybody. Like you go to LinkedIn, you can yeah, look for someone who's, let's say, yeah, head of IT operations in Poland. You can connect with that person, ask them questions and more often than not, people are happy to help. Like answering a simple question, it won't take them an hour or two, but they can give you some basic insights. And yeah, you can meet for a virtual coffee for 15 minutes and learn much more than if you would go to Google and look for those answers. And that's the thing that we have to remember that the information is out there, but first you have to ask. Like If you wouldn't ask that guy in Amsterdam, you mm-hmm. wouldn't know about this guy in Poland. And God knows where it, yeah, if you would be in Poland at this moment. <laughs> like, Yeah, 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 that's true. We probably wouldn't be in this office. All the things that actually worked out to be like brilliant um, would not have, uh, probably wouldn't have worked out this way, right? So, um, and, and, and that's a good point too. Even with this, um, you know, resource, um, and by resource, like, you know, my, my, my friend, my contact, right, who took us under his wing and said, this is how it goes. This is what the market is. This is, what the prices are for say developers and stuff like that. So we don't get the uh, American tourist treatment. Um, um, you know, even with all that, there was still an enormous amount of learning that, that was involved. Right. And um, so it goes to show really how difficult it is um, or in time consuming to really, you know, understand it. it it's not an overnight thing. If, if you really want to make it work like we did, um, you really have to go in head first and you really have to be, be one with, with 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 the people, one with the culture, one with the country that, that you're operating in, um, and then you have you have the benefit where you know people locally they see you, they trust you, they respect you, um, and then equally so when you're working back uh, with you know your say the head office or or wherever it is, you know you can be that voice to say, look, this might sound crazy by our standards, but this is simply how it goes here, mm-hmm. and you just trust me on this one this is how it is, right? Um, prime example, you know, ho- holiday time, right? In the US, yeah. it's not such a big thing. In Poland and Europe, it's a very much, you know, respected... The business stops. Res- business stops, right? And, um, you know, th- there's a prime example about, you know, about it, right? Or rescheduling interviews, right? Like that just kept constantly happening in the beginning. And so that was like a thing where we were like, okay, we simply have to set the expectation um, to both sides, right? That, hey, this is the US. And unfortunately, it's not... Uh, at least in this instance, back in 2015, 16, it was not as um, 
uh, regimented, uh, you know, from our client side, right? And then equally so to the client, like, look, like if you cannot make this meeting at this time, like we really need to make it. Otherwise you're going to lose a candidate, right? For example. Yeah. So a lot of expectation setting. So you said that it's not an overnight thing. So when can people see the ROI on their expansion? Like, is it safe to say that yeah, you have to be at least one year or two years in a country to see that it really makes sense? Or you can't say it at all? Personally, I, I, I don't think, I don't, I, yeah, I personally don't think you can, you can see it. Um, there's some, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it depends. Like, in our case, like we're we're not some like you know Silicon Valley startup that's like funded with like millions of dollars, and we're like you know able to do all this like you know cool future stuff, right? So we took the you know more traditional, um, but but tried and tested road, right? Which is it's much slower, um, but we're a totally rock solid company that has you know say done, learned everything ourselves, built everything, um, and 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 we have that right. I see a lot of companies um, from Germany, for example, or from the U.S. that come into Poland. They got some sort of VC cash infusion. They hire up everybody. They push the prices up, and then um, I won't name the name, but I, I can think of one company right now that you know hired up everybody, really top level engineers for for cryptocurrency um, stuff. Right? We can leave it like that. And that company is pretty much gone now because that crashed. Right? So. Um, there was another company um, that was here. They, they were a huge advertising firm from Poland. The CEO was like the first Polish billionaire in the IT space and, um, you know, like private jets. And it was very flashy. And that company is basically gone now. So it really it really depends. Right. I mean, it just depends on, I guess, what you measure success, <laughs> what you yeah. measure your ROI. So, I mean, you know, four or five years ago. Yeah, that was a pretty big overnight success. But, you know, they're, they're not around anymore. So. Yeah, like you have to set the say. right expectations. Like, mm -hmm. why are you going there, and how much are you willing to invest? Like, right. if those VC-backed companies come in here and all of a sudden everybody yeah earns five times as much as they earned before, then you can be sure that you will overspend and yeah, you won't see the ROI as fast as you would like to, because yeah, you can have the talent from the US as well. If you are mm -hmm. willing to spend a hundred thousand dollars every year on one employee, but when moving abroad, you can yeah, look for ways to optimize the costs. The costs. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and I mean, Poland has again, but always been like sort of like an interesting character. I think in in like the um, uh, like investment space, the IT space, right? I mean, because it's it's it, it just has been um, even when like COVID. You know, first hit everything stopped, 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 right? Like, say the, the rates kind of went down temporarily, but then it, like shot back up even higher. Then it's like being hit with inflation. So then, it, which is maybe what everyone in the world is, but I feel like Poland is, you know, particularly being hit with it, right? So, it, you know, the costs are basically just going up, is my point. And there's all these really, you know, related and unrelated factors to that, but it really doesn't matter what's going on anywhere. Somehow, like Poland is just still hot. And um, when you have, say, you know, projects, you know, crashing or finishing up in other parts of uh, the world that, that we're doing business in, it's still booming here. <laughs> so it's like it's really um, it's really it's really crazy. Um, but we'll see how long that lasts for, because I, I do think that eventually um, what goes up must come down. Right. It, and it just yeah. it just keeps being fueled by by just more and more investment, I guess. But like, would you we'll say see. that sometimes those. Yeah. 
bigger investments, they destroy the market because all of a sudden everybody has different expectations. Like with Poland, I would say so. I would say so. And and the reason I would say that is like, okay, everyone's working for money, right? That's why we mm-hmm. get up in the morning. That's why yeah. we have a job, right? So, um, so that's that's there. That's a given. That's nothing that really needs to be explained, though. I guess I kind of explained it, but that's just a set the <laughs> set the expert, you know? So, yeah. Um, but the issue that I'm seeing is like a lot of people are just jumping ship for the next, you know, the next best offer. And they spend more time on LinkedIn and more time, you know, talking to recruiters and stuff than they are, I think, even on the projects, just trying to get the job done. (laughs) This is like a huge side effect of foreign companies coming in and, um, you know, just trying to just outbid everybody. Right. So we constantly have this bidding war where uh, people are trying to push the cost get down, so they're going to say lower cost places to yeah maximize profit or or just get more value. But then you also have the same companies going here and throwing so much money that the cost is basically back up where you started. And it's like so so what are we doing here? And it is it's really like I mean it's it's good if you're a developer. I mean you're you're in great shape right now, but um, or really anything I suppose related to IT. But um, but yeah, yeah. It, it's good, but you don't have that it's i think it's increasingly challenging to have that long term commitment that you know people used to have years ago yeah. um in our company um fortunately you know of course we're keeping up with you know market trends as far as you know salary revisions and benefits and in my opinion humble opinion great great <laughs> company culture um and and i think people really like the the element of the fact that we are a global company we have this really big reach we've got really interesting projects um but there's still that human element right so it's like yeah it's about the money but it's a little bit more than that right like i think everyone kind of sees like we're on a mission to actually like do a good job and actually be like doing something and and it's hard to get everyone to kind of see that because so many people are just focused on 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 the money but you know those who do see that and appreciate it and value that um it, it can work but yeah. that that's again a tremendous amount of effort yeah. what would you say what's the biggest takeaway from this whole conversation the biggest takeaway from this conversation is be honest i think actually <laughs> is the biggest takeaway a lot of people are playing games and um be honest and that and and that goes into the point about setting the expectations right so um, if you're, you know, a consultancy company like Maxima and you're trying to go to, you know, other places to get access to talent or, you know, fill projects or whatever the case is, be honest, um, you know, with, with the people that you're working with about what that looks like. If you don't actually know what that looks like, I think also say, this is where we are and, you know, this is where we're going to go. We don't have every piece figured out, mm-hmm. but, you know, just set the expectation because that's what people want to know. I think a lot of people just really want to know where they stand on things, even if they no, they're not standing in a place that exists yet, right? Um, so I think I think that's one big piece, um, and then the the other piece, um, yeah, just just remember, like you're the visitor here, and you know your job if you're going somewhere is to, um, yeah, is is to serve them, right? Is to serve the people that you're you're going to go and interact with and, and build that trust. Um, and the last last bit of advice, or nothing happens overnight, nothing. Yeah. Nothing, 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 um, nothing. So just be patient. Just let that sink in. Nothing happens overnight. Um, yeah, it, that's it. Ah, in the, in the last piece, actually, um, you never know who you're going to meet and you never know how that person could influence you and how you could influence them. 
So I came here in 2015 with the expansion of our customer from the U.S. and to support them with different um, agile IT teams in Krakow and in Gdansk. Through the connections I made with this client, things change, people come, people go. I was able to go and, and, and well, they saw, they saw that they saw the maxima work ethic. They saw how we do things. They saw, they saw that we don't play games and, and they know how we work. And it comes down to who, you know, um, one person left, went to another large bank. They were doing a big project in Warsaw, having challenges. And she said, Hey, Patrick, I've got this opportunity. I'd like to get you in touch with the CIO of another enormously large bank. Um, I know you, you know me, and I know what you're capable of and you can do it. And um, I could have never predicted that in a million years. And that project has now pushed Maxima into a huge amount of growth into Poland, a huge amount of growth into India, a huge amount of growth into the US, um, all basically from that phone call from projects I was working on years ago, right? So you never know, right? And um, it's a really important thing. So I could have never predicted going to Poland would drive all this business everywhere else. (laughs) So always like, always always put your best best face uh, best foot forward when uh, yeah, speaking with anybody deliver value build the relationships and you will be in a better place in a few years mm-hmm. and then yeah and this is not global advice this is just like human advice yeah. you're going to make mistakes accept it learn from it and uh, move on but yeah. but don't make the same mistake twice that's great and yeah. where can people find you and how can you help them uh, people can find me on LinkedIn. So if you go into LinkedIn.com and type in Patrick Jamal, J-A-M-A-L, you can connect with me there. Um, for the past couple of months, I've been posting um, regularly on Friday, different updates about things happening in the banking industry. People seem to be liking that. Um, but yeah, you can connect with me there. Um, it's probably the, probably the best way. Um, and then, yeah, as far as how I can help people, um, it really depends. I mean, what, what do you want help with? I, I'm happy to, to share my, my thoughts or advice. If there's, you know, opportunity, of course, for, for cooperation or partnership um, in some capacity, I'd be more than happy to discuss that. If people just want to know um, what my experience has been like and, you know, such and such a, an instance, um, I'd be happy to have a quick chat about it. That's that's no problem. And um, or one thing that happens actually pretty frequently, similar to like my story coming here, um, I might not be the right person, but if I know the right person, I am happy to connect you guys uh, or girls and, um you know, make, make it happen. Right. I think, I think a big thing in business is everybody wants to have it all. And of course, yeah, we do too, but the reality of it is there's room for everybody and um, you know, you have to keep that in mind. So happy to help um, any way that I can. That makes sense. Awesome. I will leave the link to your profile in the description. Great. Yeah. Thank you very much for today. Thank you very much for having me. This was uh, actually really fun. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but this was great. And um, I hope the video comes out good and to uh, possibly be on the future. So thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be A B2B Leader. I'm your host, Valician, and I would love to hear from you and learn what I can improve. If you liked this episode, make sure to leave a review on your favorite podcast app. And see you next time.